Millennium Home is a space where we can all engage about self-love, self-worth, relationships, trauma and healing. I hope that you enjoy your stay and I am your host, Tando. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Hanyam Home. Thank you once again for joining me and thank you for the undying support, the love that you guys continue to show me every single week when I drop an episode. I really appreciate it. I also really appreciate the fact that you guys hold so much space for me to be vulnerable with you guys and to share my life experiences with you. But more than that, I really appreciate it when people trust me enough to share their own experiences with me because the reason why I created this entire space was so we can all learn from each other learn from each other's experiences because experience is really the greatest teacher in life and just to be able to reach out to people who are in similar situations and then speak about how exactly do we move forward because I think we don't speak enough about the things that matter And it's when we start speaking about these things that matter that we remove those layers that allow us to now be ourselves and to be able to grow in the environments we find ourselves in. So I really, really appreciate the support. I appreciate the love and do share the podcast with your friend if you have found value in it. Do share with your family members. Do share it with someone who you think might need it. Because I really think that... The community that we create around Hanyam Home is one that is going to be very sustainable for even more generations to come. So the work that is being done now, I really hope that it sustains itself and it can only do that if we keep engaging with each other, keep creating space for ourselves and creating space for other people. Anyways, before I take a detour, um, hello to you once again. Today's episode is going to be about life after breakup this is a highly requested episode every single week i get a message from someone asking what do i do next how do i circumnavigate life without my partner without my friend how do i do this life thing now that i have broken up with someone i thought i was going to spend my life with and how do i trust the next person that they won't put me through so much trauma or so much pain and I took as much time to work on this episode because I didn't want to be insensitive towards people's pain towards people's trauma and towards people's heartbreak because we all experience heartbreaks differently for me I find that every single heartbreak that I experience it feels like it's the first heartbreak I have experienced and I'm only getting stronger in terms of knowing when to leave and knowing how to deal with the heartbreak. But the pain is always excruciating because you have so much hope in that relationship working. You have so much hope in you growing with that person. And when it ends, now you have to return back to yourself. Now you have to do life without that person and not being able to speak to that person and also wanting to always reach out to that person. And also... How do you start trusting other people? How do you move on? How do you find your new inside jokes with the next person? So that for me has been my biggest problem. But my other problem is the fact that I tend to fall in love with potential. I don't see people for who they are because I'm such a good person. I want to believe that people are good people and that people will do as they say. 
And so when people say they will treat me like an egg, I expect to be treated like an egg. And I always voice how I want to be treated. And so when somebody goes against that, I see it as disrespectful and, and I see it as betrayal. And that is what I've constantly been experiencing. And that's why I decided to take a break from relationships, engaging with people, companionship, intimacy, and all of those things, because I feel as though the more I expose myself to people is the more I learn about the things that I don't want in love. And I'm tired of lessons in love. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really tired of lessons in love at this point in time. And I always get messages like, oh, you're still so young. You will experience more heartbreak. You just need to be strong. I don't want to be strong. I want soft love. I want love that I can come back and rest my head. I want love that will be gentle. I want love that is kind, love that is understanding and love that allows me to be myself. And I find that in the spaces that I find myself in, the people that I engage with are just here for the good time, not for the long time. And I don't want that because I've realized the more I engage with people for the good time is the more I get hurt and the more I collect unnecessary trauma. And so taking a break, I've always been the type of person to give myself a break when I don't feel as though I'm ready to go out into that world. And my recent encounters and relationships have just really taught me that you can be as pure as you can in love and in your intentions, but still not get what you want. And you can't force someone to love you. You can't force someone to love you the way you love them. And so you just have to deal with whatever you're given and choose your poison. And I have chosen for myself that engaging with people on a romantic level at the moment will not cut it for me because I'm also at a point where I'm questioning a lot of things about my own life. I'm trying to figure out stuff about my own life that if anything shakes that table, it will probably fall. And it's so important to be self-aware. And there is an episode that I did with Obonolo and we were speaking about dating yourself. We were speaking about knowing your worth, knowing what you deserve and knowing what exactly you want. And I'm at a point where I know exactly what I want, what I deserve and what I'm willing to give. And I'm not being met halfway with those things. And so I'm taking a break. And I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough time to take a break, enough time to be by themselves. And that is why we always just rush into premature connections. We think that just because someone is giving us attention that they actually love us. Sometimes attention isn't love. And dysfunction is also not love. Walking on eggshells is not love. And I find that I'm always walking on eggshells with the people that I'm meeting. Because what if you find out that I'm a clingy person? What if you find out that I require so much attention that you cannot provide that for me? And then you'll just leave. And I find that when you do engage with people, you will obviously naturally open up about what you want, what you desire. But you're never given what you desire. So what is the point? Okay, so that is currently where I've been. I've been in this position since, I think, June 2019, where I've just been very careful about the people that I bring into my life, the people that I engage with, and even the talking stages that I've had never even progressed into a relationship because I'm so self-aware at the moment that if you don't provide me with what I want, it's not going to work. So 
that is basically the first thing that you need to be aware of. Be aware of what you want. Be aware of what you are willing to put up with. Be aware of what you are willing to give to the next person. And that helps because when you are no longer being served love, it is easy for you to remove yourself from that situation. We tend to stay in relationships because we don't know ourselves. We don't know what we want and we don't know when we should leave. I have been learning how to assert my boundaries, how to pick up the green flags, how to pick up the red flags and how to pick up when love is no longer being served. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm so tired of lessons in love. Really, really tired. But I mean, that's just life. You have to learn so that you can grow. But also there's always time for rest. And that is why when I went on the vacation that I went on, I went on a retreat and I wanted to just come back with the strategy of how do I carry on with life from where I am? What exactly do I want? And just being able to give myself that break gave me so much clarity about what I need and what I don't need in my life. But also, I think the most important thing to know is your attachment style. How do you attach to people in relationships? Once you figure out your attachment styles, it's very easy for you to leave a relationship. I, for one, know that I attach to people securely. And you can find attachment styles on the internet. I'll also leave a link in the description box where you can take a quiz and then it will tell you exactly your attachment style. That has really helped me in how I view myself in relationships and how I view other people that I am engaging with. Because as a secure attacher, I'm less anxious about my connections with people. I am less dissatisfied with people that I connect with and myself because I have done a lot of inner work and a lot of shadow work and a lot of healing to a point where I'm very self-sufficient. I don't stress about my partners anymore if they don't provide me with what I need to be provided with. And I know that if someone does something, it's a reflection of how they feel about me. And so I always look out for certain signs that the person could be giving me, but also being able to communicate. I would like to believe I'm a very good communicator and I'm very vocal about my needs and my desires. And that is another trait of being a secure attacher. But also understand that your attachment style is molded by your environment. Growing up, if as a child you were given space to express yourself, you were catered for emotionally, you tend to then be a secure attacher. I grew up in an environment where I was treated like an egg. My grandparents treated me like an egg. My parents treated me like an egg. And only when I started going to a different school. So I had gone to the same school until grade five. And then grade five, I had to change schools. I went to a different school in grade five until grade seven for my foundation phase. And when I was in that school, I received the same treatment from the people around me. And I think it's because at that age, you're very hyper aware of what is happening around you, how people treat you, how people speak to you, and how people treat other people in relation to you. And the school that I went to 
was very good in building my emotions and building my self-confidence and in building my self-esteem because even the friends that I had treated me like an egg and now when I think about it it's because I'm that person as well I'm the type of person to treat all of my friends like eggs so what I gave was what I received and that changed completely when I went to high school in high school I had such a terrible experience with people and that was because I was such a different person from the people that I was engaging with and now having to learn about people's true characters, people who were malicious towards me, people who wanted to see me down and people who never understood my personality and having to isolate myself more ostracized by other people than me isolating myself. That changed how I attached to people. I became very fearful in my attachment with people, very avoidant. I didn't want to attach to people at all. And the friends that I had, I I hung on to those friends because I was so scared of making new friends. And I didn't necessarily date for the first two years of my high school. And only in grade 10 did I start, you know, testing the waters. Is this what I want? Is this not what I want? And, you know, even that relationship wasn't the healthiest thing that I was exposed to. That's how then I started developing this avoidant type of attachment to people. So I'd always go back to the same person because I didn't know how to be on my own. I didn't know how to form new friendships. I would hang on to the the friends that I had. I'd hang on to my partners that also now leaked into my years in varsity. My first two years of being in varsity also wasn't, I wasn't exposed to the healthiest love that I could have been exposed to. The engagements that I had were very detrimental to my mental health and to my idea of love. And only through therapy was I able to reverse the ideas of love that I had. And therapy helped so much in rebuilding my self-esteem, rebuilding my confidence and love, rebuilding my trust in people. And so I went back to being a secure attacher. So that's how I have gotten to where I am right now. Basically, what I'm trying to say is your attachment style can change depending on your environment. And you can also teach yourself how to attach securely to people. The other type of attachment is anxious attachment where you tend to worry a lot about your partner. You worry a lot about your relationship. You're always asking, am I enough? Do they love me? If they're not with me, what are they doing? So you're just always on edge. You're walking on eggshells. And like I said, walking on eggshells is not love. Dysfunction is not love. So you're just always so desperate for your partner to be a certain way so that they can fulfill a fantasy and you're less likely to secure healthy relationships if you are an anxious attacher and you look for a partner who can either like rescue you or fix your problems or rebuild your self-esteem or complete you and it's very important to know that no one can complete you people meet you at the level of your healed version of self but obviously because we are different people there are people who can meet people when they have completely completely been broken and that person helps them towards their recovery but in most cases our desperation for love can push the people away 
our insecurities, our anxiety, our fearfulness, our lack of trust can push people away. And when we are afraid of losing our partner, we tend to think of these situations or we tend to formulate these scenarios in our minds about what if, what if this happens? What if this person does this? What if I am not doing right by my partner? What if, what if, what if? And that kind of behavior is what tends to push people away because what you think is what eventually could manifest in your relationship. It's the very same thing if you plant a negative seed in your mind, you will grow that negative seed. So you have to be very careful about what you plant in your mind. So how you know that you are an anxious type of attacher is how you relate to other people. Most of the time, what we think people think of us is just a reflection of what we think about ourselves. So it's important for you to do the inner work to heal before you go into a relationship so that you are not anxiously attaching to the next person. The other type of attachment is avoidant attachment. I think I've touched on this a bit when I was explaining how I've come to be the person that I am. So you tend to be very closed off, emotionally closed off, and you are very distant from people. You don't want to form any new attachments. And when you do form that attachment with someone, you hang on to that person because you know how hard it was for you to be able to build anything with that person. And you tend to also be very independent in relationships. You don't want your partner helping you out. You don't want to be vulnerable with your partner. You don't want your partner helping you in any form or way because you think that you showing emotions or being vulnerable is, is weak, which isn't. In relationships, you need to be able to speak to the person. There is no point in being in a relationship with someone if you cannot speak to them. But trusting your partner and trusting your friends starts with trusting yourself. Trusting yourself enough to articulate your thoughts and your emotions well enough to your partners so that they can comprehend how to be there for you. So we often think, if I say something to my partner or I express my emotions, they will leave me or they will think that I am weak and I don't have a backbone. The only way to find out is if you do become emotionally connected or emotionally vulnerable with the person. You will never know. Sometimes we just are very anxious about what people will say in response to our emotions because of our previous experiences. And that is unfair because no one deserves to be put through that because of your past experiences. Hence why you need to do a lot of work before you get into a different relationship. The last one is fearful attachment. And this is also called the disorientated attachment. So how you can see this is it's a hot and cold type of situation. Growing up, there were times when your emotions were catered for and there were times when they were not catered for. So the highs are really high and the lows are really low. What this does for you growing up is that you overthink everything. You move from one mood to the next very quickly and you're just never really sure about what exactly you want in that relationship or you tend to be very overwhelmed with the love that you do receive or very underwhelmed with the love that you receive. So it just always depends on your mood at that time. And you tend to get very 
unsure or uncertain about the connection. And then on the other side, you can be very sure and very certain about the connection, but you don't have a normal baseline. So it's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And that is very detrimental to a relationship because in a relationship, you need balance, you need peace. And so when you are the type to always just be unpredictable, it is very hard for the next person to know how to be there for you. Because the last time you were angry, you wanted to speak to me about your emotions. But now that you're angry, you want space. So which one is it? So knowing how you attach to people is so important because it allows you to know how you can detach from the people. How I think about it is if you are able to drive from point A to point B, you can drive back from point B to point A. So you can always return back to yourself. And I've been reading a book called A Return to Love and that book has changed how I see people. It has changed how I see myself. It has changed how I operate in love. And I think everyone should read this book. It's a really good read and it grabs you from the first few pages. So it explains a lot about why someone would act a certain way and how you can act in response to that. So going back now to detachment, if you attach securely to people, you detach securely to people. I mean, I think that is something that everyone can comprehend in that if you're less anxious about how you attach to people, you'll be less anxious when it comes to breaking up with people. The only thing that needs work is obviously healing the pain, healing the trauma and unlearning all the habits that you learned in the relationship. But it's very easy for you to figure out your way forward because you're so self-sufficient that you understand what you want and you understand when love is not being served anymore. If you're an anxious type of a person, you tend to go back and forth with the person because you're so anxious about going back into the world, but also you're very anxious about staying with the person. So what exactly can I do? So you find yourself going back and then you go out again. So it's like having one foot in and one foot out. And if you are the avoidant type of person, when there is no love being served anymore, you avoid that situation. You stay in that relationship that is not healthy for you. Or you could break off completely and avoid that person, disregard your feelings, avoid anything in relation to that connection. But the former is more likely where you just avoid anything that has occurred in the relationship and you stay in that relationship because of your ideas of that relationship and what it could potentially be. If you're the fearful attacher, any time for you, you could leave. Any time you could go back because any sign of the lack of love or any sign of that person losing interest in you, you're already out. And the reason for this is because people who are fearful tend to be in their heads a lot and they tend to overanalyze things and overthink situations. So by the time something happens, you've already thought about it and you think, hmm, this might be the right time to leave the relationship, but you haven't discussed that with your partner. There was no communication about the way forward and you might be entirely wrong about that situation. So that is the first part of this entire episode, knowing your attachment styles. 
do a lot of research surrounding the kind of person that you are, spend time with yourself, understanding what you want, what you need, and what you're willing to give. The second part is, what does the life after a breakup look like? Where do you go from having a full-blown relationship to now navigating the world alone? How do you begin to trust yourself? How do you trust other people? And there is no one-size-fits-all with this one. And that is why it's very hard because every single relationship will be different. I find that now all the breakups, in air quotes, that I've had are a lot easier to deal with because I'm equipped with the knowledge of how I can move forward. But my first one took me so long to heal from because it was obviously my first relationship and I didn't have a lot of guidance. But the more you expose yourself to conversations around breakups, around heartache, the more you're able to see that it's just another hurdle that you can get over. That's the first thing you need to realize. You can get over anything. And a heartbreak is one thing that you will get over. When you look back, you'll think, I can't believe I dealt with that. I can't believe I acted out of character. I can't believe I thought my life was going to end just because I lost this person. But when you are in that situation, it's very hard for you to see the good that could come from you moving on because you're so used to having that person in your life. But a life after a breakup doesn't have to be somber. It doesn't have to shake up your entire world. You have to decide to want to move on. You have to decide to want to heal. And healing, like we all know, is not linear. Some days are brighter than other days. Some days are terrible. But having a support structure in place, having people that you can always return to, makes the entire journey easier having friends who really hold the space for you and that's why whenever people come to me to ask for advice i ask are you over the person do you want to let go of this relationship do you want to try again do you think there's room for you to try there's no shame at all in going back to you know a relationship to try again but it shouldn't be the one thing that you know is hanging over your head every time if there was a lot of disrespect involved there was a lot of trauma that you were exposed to it's best to just disconnect from that entire relationship and not try and also when you try are you the only person who's trying if you are then it's not worth it you should just let it go and we are human beings after all we do require second chances from people and I think the reason why I am a forgiving person is because I recognize that I'm not always right. There will be times when I need forgiveness from other people. I have done terrible things in my life and people have forgiven me. And so given that there is reason why I should forgive someone or I can forgive someone, I do tend to forgive them. But I'm less forgiving now in relationships because when I go into the talking stage, I state my desires, I state my needs, and I state my wants. So if you don't provide that or you go against that, it's because you don't respect me enough. And disrespect for me is something that I cannot deal with. You know, we sometimes obviously fall out of love, fall in and out of love with people. It's understandable. Like sometimes when we stop being stimulated, we think, oh my God, no, I don't love this person anymore. 
And so with when I say I forgive people within reason, it's for things such as they were going through something and they couldn't communicate with me for that day and it just became too much. It was just heavy because when you are in a relationship, guys, you're just dealing with another person as well. So you need to be thoughtful about their emotions and sometimes people can't really speak because those things are very heavy on them and they don't want to burden you. So things like that I'm able to forgive. But things like cheating on me, lying, putting your hand on me, gaslighting me, those things I don't think are things that could be easily forgiven. But if both parties work, it is possible for you to forgive people. That is the second thing to know. So the first thing to know is that you can get through anything. Literally, you can get through anything. You just need to cry first. The second thing is, are you over the person? Are you willing to let go of the relationship? What do you want? And the third thing is, if you're serious about healing, if you're serious about moving on and letting go, you need to remove that person from your immediate space. So removing them on your social media accounts, removing them in your life and removing contact is one way in which you can get over someone. You cannot get over someone when you still talk to them every single day because you'll fall into the trap of nostalgia and you'll fall into the trap of wanting to talk to them when your days are really bad because they obviously are the person who understands you the most because you've spent so much time with them. What I do is when I break up with someone, I delete everything. I don't even keep the pictures. I don't even give myself the chance to read messages over again because I know I will want to forgive that person in that instance so I remove them and it also allows me to not subtweet them not post any quotes about you don't know what you lost or all of those things I don't like posting those things because it gives the other person a lot of power over me already I'm dealing with a heartache and now I have to deal with you know, parading for you, twirling for you, showing you how much you've hurt me. You know how much you've hurt me. I don't have to put it out there in the world. So removing that person from your immediate space and cutting out the communication really, really helps. It also helps because now you're able to think without any influences from that person. The thing about being in love with someone is that they will influence your decision. And especially if they did something to you they will try to gain your love back they will try to convince you that you're either imagining things or that they have changed but in most cases it doesn't take someone two days to change so cut them out for 21 days and in those 21 days build new habits distract yourself I know this might be a terrible idea but distract yourself by finding new hobbies going back to the hobbies that you might have let go of during the relationship, going back to yourself, pick up a hobby, go back to the gym, go back to reading, go back to doing yoga, start going for kickboxing, whatever, do something to distract yourself because misery loves company. You know this, I know this, but we tend to just dwell on the bad stuff that happened. And when you're dwelling on those things, you just make everything worse. So just go out of your house. Being indoors for a very long time really decreases your happy hormones. And now you start overthinking what went wrong. Am I not enough? Don't do that. Find something to do within those 21 days. Do it for 21 days straight. 
And before you know it, you won't be checking that person's social media pages. You won't be checking up on them and you will find it easier to go about your days. The fourth thing is be honest with the people around you. We tend to want to act tough. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm hurt, but I mean, I'm going to thug it out. No, you're not going to thug it out. Be honest with the people around you so they know how to be there for you. You can't say people aren't showing up for you if you haven't communicated how you would like for them to show up for you. So speak to your friends. Tell them you would like for them to check up on you or you would like space. You would like to go out or you would not like to go out. Be proactive in your recovery because sometimes people also are dealing with their own things and now they have to come up with ways in which they can be there for you. Meet your friends somewhere, meet your parents somewhere, meet yourself somewhere, know how you want to show up for yourself. How I show up for myself after a failed talking stage or a failed relationship or a failed friendship is by doing self-care. I know it sounds like something that I do all the time or every day, but self-care intentionally for those 21 days, making sure every single day I'm doing something that brings me joy being intentional with my joy, setting aside time for joy. You need to have at least one hour of you being happy in the day when you're dealing with heartbreak. You cannot have all 24 hours of you just crying and being in pain and dwelling upon the sad stuff. One hour at least, do some form of self-care. And I did a seven days of self-care. It's on my Instagram, it's on my Twitter. Try it out. Obviously, when I did it, I didn't do it for, you know, if you are going through... A heartbreak. I just did it to show you guys that it's so easy to take care of yourself if you're intentional every single day about doing something for yourself. So small things and if you do have a little bit of money to spare, buy yourself really cute stuff. Buy yourself bath bombs, buy yourself a book, go to a spa, go away on retreats, something, anything that helps you get better in that process. You're going to need a lot of help the next thing is start talking to other people when you feel ready. Don't force yourself or put pressure on yourself to move on immediately. That is how we fall apart and that is how we crack open. So spend enough time with yourself. But when you do feel ready, start speaking to other people. When you do speak to other people, make sure that you have a clean canvas and you're able to now build new experiences. It's not fair, once again, to project your hurt onto other people because people don't deserve that. They already have their own trauma that they have to deal with. So you also need to just be very cognizant of your healing process and if you are able to engage with other people. The other thing is life after a breakup is very unpredictable, but you can have control over one sphere of your life. So be it academics, be it your, your work, be it your family life, your friendship life, your health, your physical health, mental health, any sphere of your life. Decide on one sphere of your life that you want to work on and have control over that. The one thing that hurts about breakups is that we don't have control over our emotions. We don't have control over the other person. We don't have control of how things turn out, but you can have control over the small stuff in your life exercising every day so that you have control over your physical health and that in turn helps your mental health and your emotional health and how you see yourself having control over your productivity having control over 
your spiritual life. So reading your Bible more, worshipping more, praying more. So focus on one thing that you can control and be happy about. See results. And I always want to focus on something where I, I know I will see results immediately because that gives me that feel good. Like, okay, I have control over my life and I'm able to control at least one part of my life because we tend to give so much power to our breakups that we forget about our, our life entirely. It shouldn't be that way. Life is meant to be something that works holistically. And this also explains why there's an inherent need for companionship in our lives because it is something that we all desire. It's something that we need in order to circumnavigate life and in order to fill up that picture. But as long as you have the bigger picture almost complete by focusing on the things that you can control and then later on finding that piece again and completing the picture, that's how I work around my things and I always see my life as a puzzle piece, trying to just figure out where each piece goes little by little. So life after a breakup doesn't have to be gloomy. It doesn't have to be heart-wrenching. It could be just the break that you needed. It could be just the breakup that you needed. So find something to do. Find a passion project. Surround yourself with the people that really, really love you. And give grace to yourself. Give space to yourself. And also understand what you want going forward the lessons that you've learned. I know I said I'm tired of lessons and love, but those lessons can help in you building new relationships with people in you going forward. Doesn't have to be the end of it. And you can decide to take time off, but don't give up entirely on love. If you give up on love, you're giving up on experiences that you could potentially experience in the future because there are certain things that you can only experience through love. And everyone deserves healthy love. Everyone deserves soft love, gentle, kind, you name it. But you won't get that if you don't heal. You won't get that if you don't take time out. You won't get that if you don't know your attachment styles. So work on you as a person for you, not for the next person. Because when you work on healing yourself, you're giving yourself the opportunity to experience love as a wholesomely as you possibly can and you don't rob yourself of the experiences often we just rob ourselves how many times have you looked at someone that you've engaged with in the past and you thought to yourself I ruined this for myself because I wasn't in the right space I wasn't ready and when you try going back it's just not the same because that person is evolved you evolve every single day you change you grow up you develop into a different being almost every day so give yourself a chance at love. Give yourself a chance at healing. Give yourself a chance in everything in life. And if you approach relationships from a place of love, from a place of purity, a place of intention, good intentions, you will win one day. You will get relationships that serve you. Some are very seasonal. I do have relationships that taught me so much about myself that poured into my cup that I appreciate a lot but they were seasonal and they left when I had learned the lessons I needed to learn in love so give yourself a chance 
So that is all for today. I think this might be a long episode, but it was necessary because a lot of people have been struggling with moving on and letting go. But we move on in healing. We move forward in healing. Every single relationship will come with its own lessons, will come with its own pros and cons. But as long as you do your best in relationships and you try, that's good enough. Move forward, try new things, give people a chance, start by trusting yourself, dating yourself, loving yourself enough, and that love that you desire will come to you. Remove the shame from wanting love. Remove the shame from failed relationships. There is absolutely no reason why we attach shame to people wanting to be loved. There's no reason why we attach shame to people failing in relationships, especially if it's back-to-back relationships or you just have a tendency of not lasting in relationships, there's absolutely no shame because we are dealing with other people in a time where we are getting to know ourselves. Our careers are taking off. Our businesses are taking off. We're in a pandemic. So much going on around us. And the last thing you want is for you to give up on love because of the shame that you attach to a failed relationship or a failed friendship. So be kind to yourselves, be kind to the next person, heal your trauma so you don't expose someone else to trauma and always operate from a place of love and the love that you want and deserve will come your way. So a life after relationship, guys, doesn't have to be sad. So do engage with me on social media. Tell me what your thoughts are. Tell me about your experiences. Have you found love? Have you found the person that you think you will spend your life with? Have you found yourself? And how did you move from your worst heartbreak? Thank you so much for tuning in. If you did make it this far, I really appreciate it. Please do give me a five-star rating and also leave a review as it helps me to see what kind of content you guys are into. Also, let me know what you would like for me to speak on. Thank you so much. Till next time. Goodbye.